18 and 20. Jesus did not permit him, but said, Go to your house, to your people, and tell them how many things the Lord hath done for you, and that he had mercy on you. And he went his way, proclaimed in the Decapolis what great things Jesus had done, and all marveled. Please be seated. Keep your Bibles open to Matthew, or excuse me, Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. We are in a series based on the book of Mark. We call the series Following Jesus Immediately. Today we look at Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. And we're going to see the theme of freedom here. Now, I've got a question for you this morning. And the question actually is based on a Bible verse that appears in the book of John. In John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came so that they would have life and have it abundantly. My question for you is, are you ready for the abundant life? Are you living the abundant life? Here in Mark chapter 5, we're going to encounter a man that was given the opportunity to live the abundant life. Now, let's read the first five verses. They came to the other side, the other side of the Sea of Galilee, that was the side that was dominated by the Gentile nations, to the country of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately, circle that word immediately, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. He lived, where did he live? He lived among the tombs, and no one, no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had been bound with shackles and chains. But he wrenched the chains apart and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one, no one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and, and cutting himself with stones. There's an ancient book called the Talmud. The Talmud is a, basically is a Jewish commentary on Old Testament life. According to the Talmud, madness was identified by the following four characteristics. A person walking outside at night, a person spending the night on a grave, someone tearing one's own clothes, or destroying what one was given. This man, this man is demonstrating all four characteristics of madness. This man, this man had allowed Satan's legions to control his life, and it drove him mad. Now what happens? Verse 6. And when he saw Jesus, 
when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and, and he fell down before him and he's crying out with a loud voice. He said, what have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he, Jesus, was saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. The demons, the demons in this man recognize Jesus as having superior power. And this man kneeling down before our Lord, begging him not to be tortured. Not so much the human man himself, but the demons in him are making this request. Look now at verse 9. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? And he replied, My name is Legion, for we, we are many. Now a Roman legion in the Roman army was approximately 6,000 soldiers. These demons were many inside of this man. Now, verse 10. And he, he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. It seems that the, the demons had a fear of not having a, a definite place to stay. So they're begging Jesus, don't send us out of the country. Now, verse 11. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. And they begged him, saying, Send us to the pigs. Let us enter them. So he gave them permission. And the unclean spirits came out and, and entered the pigs. And the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. On the occasions that I have been on the Sea of Galilee, and I've looked off to the east, and I've seen over here to the, to the north, far northeast, the Golan Heights, and then coming down from the Golan Heights, I've seen the hills and all the steep cliffs there that dotted the area leading up to the Sea of Galilee. And I had pictured in my mind those pigs, you know, just running off the cliff and then diving into the sea. Those pigs. Those pigs teach us a, a very valuable lesson. They clearly demonstrate that Satan is a destroyer. The demons had destroyed this man's dignity they had destroyed his sanity. They had destroyed his life. And now they have destroyed a herd of pigs. You see, to Satan, man is no different than a pig. Man is just another animal to bring down. If we surrender our lives to Satan and to sin... We end up living and dying like animals. Don't let Satan do that. Don't let Satan destroy you. Because that's what he wants to do. 
He wants to destroy you. Don't let the devil have the least bit of control, even over a small part of your life. Don't ever give him an inch, because if you do, he'll end up taking a mile, and he'll end up ruining your life. Now, we don't know how this man here in Mark 5 came about to have demons in him. We know back in the Old Testament that King Saul, King Saul allowed his life to be in rebellion. He allowed pride to destroy him, and, and, and he allowed evil spirits into his life. And it ruined his life. In the New Testament, Ephesians 4 teaches us that unresolved anger can give Satan a beachhead into our hearts from which he can wreak havoc in our lives. Ephesians chapter 4. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. We don't have to give Satan very much of an opportunity. If we give him just a little bit, he will jump right in and take it from us. Many, many, many years ago, a man in Haiti wanted to sell his shack of a house. It wasn't very much to look at. He priced it at $2,000. A man wanted to buy it, but he didn't have $2,000. He only had $1,000. The owner, the owner agreed. He said, okay, I'll sell it to you for 1000 but only if I can retain ownership of just one peg. I want one peg placed in this house over the top of the inside door. And the man quickly said, oh, that's fine. I'd be glad to do that. A few years later, the original owner, he wanted to get the house back. The new owner didn't want to sell it. He said, no, I won't sell it. So what did the original owner do? He went out and got the dead carcass of a dog and hung it from that peg above the inside door. And in a few days, that house was unlivable. You know... I tell that story for a reason. If we leave the devil with even one small peg in our life, he will return to hang his rotten garbage on it, making it unfit. Unfit for Christ to live in our hearts. Have you given Satan just one small peg in your heart? Have you opened up yourself to the devil's influence through little acts of rebellion, hatred, pride, the love of money, or even unresolved anger? If you have, then I'm going to beg you this morning, deal with it. If you are a Christian, seek forgiveness of that. Remove that from your life. You know, the devil, the devil is like rats that are attracted to garbage. 
One of the problems with garbage, you know, consisting of things like our persistent, persistent sinful behaviors, consisting of things like our anger, our attraction to, to ungodly activities, our reaction to our emotional wounds, and, and our sinful generational influences and patterns. If we allow those things into our hearts, these are issues for which we are responsible for when we deal with them, when we get rid of the garbage, then the rats won't have anything to feed on and it's easy to make them go away. Get rid of the garbage in your life. And you get rid of the rats. And you get rid of the devil. Ask Jesus to help you clean out the sin that is weighing you down. Then you won't have to worry about opening yourself up to the devil's influence, which will absolutely wreck your life. You want that abundant life? If you want a full and abundant life, don't let Satan destroy you. More than that, don't let society detain you. Don't let the world around you tie you down. Don't let yourself be chained to the world's values with its selfish and greedy attitudes. That's what was happening with the people in the village. The people in the village were not concerned about the, the demonized man. You know, they had put him out there in the tomb. They had tried to chain him down. They had tried to separate from him. They were only concerned for their selves. They were concerned for their own comfort, their own income. They put the man in chains out there for a purpose. And when Jesus healed him, they're more concerned about the loss of their pigs than the health of this man. Verse 14. The herdsmen fled and, and told it in the city and in the country. And people came to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and, and they saw, they saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had the legion, sitting there. He's sitting there, clothed and in his right mind and walked. They were afraid. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs. And what's the reaction of the people? And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. The pigs represented, no doubt, a considerable income for the people of the village. But when Jesus' actions, when Jesus' actions destroyed their lucrative source of income, they feared further losses should Jesus stay. I think again, the pigs teach us a very important lesson. Not only do they teach us that Satan is a destroyer, they teach us that the world is selfish and self-centered. Destruction of the pigs 
reveal the spiritual condition of the people of that region. They would rather have their swine than have their Savior. Money was more important to them than the healing of man or the salvation of their own souls. Remember, Jesus had traveled across the Sea of Galilee, coming to a town to be a blessing to them. I guess that he might have done more miracles if he had stayed. He certainly would have taught the gospel, spread the good news, but he's not allowed to. The people beg him to leave. The people would rather have their pigs than the power of Christ at work in their town. So they beg him to leave. Get out of, get out of Dodge. We don't want you here. You see, these people, they were chained down. They were chained down. They were chained down by symbolic chains, by their own self-interest and greed. A set of chains worse than what the demon-possessed man had. That demon-possessed man, he was at least able to break free from his chains with the help of Jesus. On the other hand, the people, like many today, don't even know they're chained by their attitudes. So they never break free. And they're living a life, not the abundant life, but a life limited by the world. Many are not aware of the problem. So they allow themselves to be controlled by man-made devices, by the pursuit of money or a host of other material things. And what do they say? Well, they have their response. They say, well, you know, after all, everyone else is doing it, we tell ourselves. But let me tell you, such an attitude is worse than any physical chain. Such tyranny keeps you away from the abundant life. Such tyranny keeps you in darkness and you miss out on enjoying the life that Jesus offers to you. My dear friends, if you really want to live, if you really want to live the abundant life, don't let Satan destroy you. Don't let society detain you. Instead, trust the Savior to deliver you. Depend on Jesus to make the difference in your life. Rely on Him to change you from the inside out. Because that's how it works. He changes you from the inside out. That's what Jesus did for this demonized man in Mark chapter 5. The only thing society could do was change him down in the tombs. Lock him away. But even that didn't do any good. Jesus, on the other hand, he changed him from the inside out. Go back to verse 15. Notice, the man was sitting there dressed and in his right mind. Why? Because he's been changed inside. 
The inside had changed for this man. And what happens? Verse 18. And as he, that would be Jesus, was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him. He begged him that he might be with him. Now, this is the same wording that we find in Mark 3, 14, when Jesus called his apostles, those 12 men, to be with him. See, this man, this healed, demon, demonized man, he wanted to have an up-close and personal relationship with Jesus. Unlike everyone else in his village, this man wanted to get as close to Jesus as possible. But Jesus had other plans for him. Look at verse 19. And he did not permit him, but said to him, You go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he's had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim him in the Decapolis. Now, Deca means ten. Paulus means cities. These were the ten principal Gentile cities of that area. He proclaims him in all ten cities. How much Jesus had done for him, and everyone marveled. When Jesus returns back to this area, there's a very different reception. Because when Jesus returns, people come out. They want to hear Jesus. They want to see Jesus. In fact, that's where he ends up feeding the 4,000 men. <clears throat> we would conclude there was probably women and children there too. So it could have been six, seven, eight thousand or more. A very different reception. What caused the difference? Well, I can't say for sure. But Billy, I know of one man <laughs> that was proclaiming the good news. And perhaps that one man caused the difference. I don't know. Jesus changed. Jesus changed that man from the inside out and then turned him loose to open the way for further ministry in his own community. And Jesus can do the same for you and me. He can change us from the inside out and use us for His glory right here in our own communities. A few years ago, a man... He was a husband. He was the father of a young daughter. He finally became a Christian. His wife had become a Christian a, a little bit before that, and finally she was able to persuade him to become a Christian. Now, this man was not a bad man. He was not a, a bank robber. He was not a drug dealer. He was a good, upstanding businessman. But he was a businessman. That was first and foremost, a business. You know, he was always with his business. In fact, he spent very little time with his wife and very, very little time with his daughter. 
After this man became a Christian, two months, two months later, their 12-year-old daughter comes up to the mob and says, I want to become a Christian. The mom asks, why? The little girl said, Dad, if Jesus can change Dad as much as He has, I want Jesus in my life. Are we living for Jesus 24-7? Are we making God our number one priority in 2021? Your first mission field as a Christian is your own backyard, your own family, your own friends, your own neighbors. Do they see the difference that Jesus makes in your life? That 12-year-old girl could see the difference in just two months. The difference that Jesus had made in her daddy's life and she wanted now to be a Christian. Do you want God to change you? Do you want God to change your family and your world forever? Then trust and obey the Lord. Trust Jesus with your life. And in so doing, turn control over to Him and you will have the abundant life. If you really want to live the abundant life, don't let Satan destroy you. Don't let society detain you. Instead, let the Savior deliver you and use you for His glory. And in so doing, you will gain the abundant life. This morning, are you a Christian? Jesus said, you've got to believe, John 8, 24. Jesus said, you've got to repent, Luke 13, 3. Jesus said, you've got to confess me, Matthew 10, 32. Jesus said, you've got to be baptized, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Don't argue with me, argue with Jesus, because those are words from Jesus. Those verses are from Jesus. As a Christian... Are you not quite living that abundant life? Maybe you have allowed one little peg to remain in your heart, and that peg Satan has used to hang his garbage, and it pulls you away from him, it pulls you away from Jesus, and, and you don't have that abundant life. God has promised forgiveness if you'll seek His forgiveness, 1 John 1, 9. The church here stands ready to pray with you and for you. James 5.16 If you have any need to respond, we'll have elders up here waiting for you. Will you please respond as we stand and sing for your encouragement. Nothing but the love
Thank you.